Oh, no, I know, obviously, you know, this is a thing and, you know, whatever, but are we all right? Like, are we pals again? Like, what's the, what's the script? You are a f- Hello and welcome back to Talking Lower League. On this week's show, uh, we're going to be talking about the latest news in Scottish lower league football. We've missed quite a bit to say the least. Um, we're also going to be talking about the League Cup so far as well, um, the Premier Sports Cup. We're going to be chatting about some of the teams that have stood out for us, some of the teams that have maybe disappointed um, before we get into some of our league predictions. And for the first time, Ross, for the first time this year, we are going to have punishments as well. So there's no, oh no. This, is, this isn't meant to be fun, right? This is serious, right? So this isn't just a wee hobby. There's punishments that come with your incompetency when it comes to Scottish lower league football. So not to put any pressure on you. So we'll be getting that done as well. Um, and we will also be looking ahead to returning to games in person as well. Obviously, some great news with regards to fans coming back. It's already happened. And I, I've been lucky enough to have already went to a game in the, the opening weekend of the, the West of Scotland League. Right. So um, can't wait to talk about that. So plenty, plenty to get through. As you can see, we've kind of tried to spruce the place up a wee bit. We've tried to get back. We're back in person and yeah, looking forward to getting back to it. So without further ado, Ross, it's a pleasure. Welcome back to Talking Lower League. So, Ross, it's lovely to see you. I wish I could say the same, but... Oh, sorry, I meant to stay in character for the, uh, the first bit, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's all right to see you, I guess. Um, let's just get wired into it. Obviously, we have been away for a wee while. We've kissed and made up physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, so let's have a wee chat about some of the kind of things, I guess, in the last few weeks that have maybe kind of dictated Scottish lower league football. One of those happening this week at the time of recording as well. Um, Dunfermline Dunfermline Football Club the Kingdom of Fife getting some strong hard-hitting exciting Germans taking over the place obviously with the news that um, a German consortium that had already bought I think it was around kind of 30 odd percent of um, of the club um, have actually bought out I think another significant amount of um, the club and they are now the principal owners yep. um, of Dunfermline obviously Dunfermline um, even before we took um, another um, break um, you know we spoke about uh, Dunfermline and the positives around their collaborations with the likes of um, I think it was Aloha yep. as well last season and obviously it'll be interesting to see if they try and do more of that you know they've got a kind of strong group um, the statement that they put on the website, actually, if you've not seen it, head over to Dunfermline website or their social media channels. Um, I thought it was really good, really comprehensive quotes from every kind of major kind of yeah. shareholder from the German group as well, which I thought was good. And they've not even had a chance to come over yet to a game. So I uh, imagine that the the Pars fans will give them a, a great reception. Um, you know, for a lower league club, this is quite exciting. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think that for a long time, Dunfermline has been regarded as a, a sleeping giant mm-hmm. of Scottish football, if you will. Um, and it's felt for a long time that... I mean, we talked about when we started the podcast last season about Stevie Crawford still there. We felt they had a really good squad on paper that could push for the title. That obviously didn't materialise. 
Well, things have now changed. Peter Grant's come in. Past fans will have their own opinion about that. Well, it's not, I was actually, it's I was, not for us to. I was going to, to say. Comment. I was going to ask about your opinion on that because I mean I think a lot of Dunfermline fans. I mean, I remember when it got announced, and obviously in our group chat and stuff, we were talking away about it, and I can complete from my point of view, I can understand the appointment. I get it. I try. I, I, I got what he tried to do at Alloa, um, but many managers before him have actually managed to keep them up. Yeah. As well, you know, he was the one. Obviously, that wasn't the case last season. You could see what he was trying to do with the style of play. It wasn't just that, okay, let's keep Alo in the championship. It was about, no, let's try and implement a long-term vision of what this football club should play like and the type of players that they should have. So I can understand with more resources, you know, no offence to Alo, obviously, a, a bigger club in Dunfermline. Um, I get why they brought him on, but quite a underwhelming reaction, to say the least. I think I can see both sides of it. I agree with what you said. We, we talked to you know, ad nauseum last season about how it felt Peter Grant tried to play football the right way, yeah. you know, nice attacking football. Did that end up potentially costing them their, their status in the championship, perhaps? Yeah, probably. You know, so th- th- there is a balance to be struck there. But if you're looking at it from, you know, the style of play that you had with Alawa, and you, know, you you then transfer that to the resources that the Fairman had and now are strengthened even further with, um, the players they've got already, the players that they've brought in, um, you know, I, I think, for Peter Grant as well, something that maybe can't be said for a lot of managers in Scottish football is very honest. Mm-hmm. You know, seems aren't playing well to come out and say that. Yeah. You know, he does protect his players a lot. That could come back to bite him because we know that the Dunfermline fans, real rightly in my opinion, have high expectations of where they should be. Especially now, that's only going to be intensified with the, you know further resources. But like we said, they're a kind of sleeping giant of Scottish football, and it's good to see it's not just from a perspective of we're going to just put money into the playing squad. It's bringing back the youth academy. It's yep. investing in their staff, investing in more staff, so they're seeing all the right things. And the infrastructure as well. I think that is one of the key things in how lower league Scottish football clubs yeah. can be successful in the long yep. term. You know, the short term isn't. We've seen it fail in the past many times. Um, we don't need to tell you guys about Gretna. You know, that's probably well. a key example. Um, but there's other clubs, even at times our own club, Clyde. You know, who who went hell for leather to try and get into the Premiership and ended up spending. You know you know, Clyde are still trying to work their way back up, do you know what I mean? So investing in infrastructure and youth in a proper kind of 10, 15, 20 year strategy um, in order to get the next generation as well. It's a big thing for low yeah. league clubs to make sure they have a next generation. Yeah. The supporters, I know Dunfermline are, I don't think that'll ever be a problem for them, but for other clubs, it's worth kind of taking note and, and let's hope that it's a, a positive move for, for the club and for the fans. I think so. Dunfermline, I think, are one of the clubs that are blessed from kind of almost not being in the kind of remit, if that's the way to put it. Rangers or Celtic or Hibs and Hearts, they're kind of where they're positioned. They have that localised support. Yeah. A very passionate support, has to be said as well. So, for me, and I know we're going to go into predictions later on, I think Dunfermline have got a chance this year. I'll I, I wait until we're we're going on to our predictions to really go into it, but I think they've got a good chance. Like that is all very positive just now, and I think they've got to try and capitalise on that good good feeling and goodwill while it's around, because for all we're saying, yeah, it's a good move. It has been made, not with cynicism, but I think with kind of calm caution from Dunfermline fans so far, and understandably so. You know, Look at the amount of clubs across Scottish football have been burned by owners, both foreign and, and f- from the UK. Um, so I, I certainly understand their concern, but... For me, on on paper and in terms of what they've said so far, it's it's looking good. It is, it is. and like I say, let's hope that it's a, a positive thing for the club as well. Um, obviously, 
another thing that's that's I guess in the news. Can you even call it that? It's just a thing, isn't it? Um, is the League Cup League Cup campaign, you know, uh, quote unquote glorified friendlies um, in the eyes of fans of teams that don't qualify? Um, but ultimately, you know, it's it's been a it's been great to see proper competitive football back, and not only that, Ross, with fans in there as well. I mean. You know, we've we've managed to see some cracking, um, you know, cup games on the telly yep. and stuff. Obviously, been sponsored by Premier Sports this year, and let's hope with that, Premier Sports do invest a little bit more into not just the Premier Sports Cup, obviously, but their, you know, kind of their showing of Scottish football as a yep. whole, as well. Yeah. Um, because I've watched some of the games over the last couple of weeks, and they've been some of them have been cracking. Yeah. Um, as well, but obviously, you know, from your perspective, uh, nice to see, I guess, proper football back. Yeah, I I think I don't want to break the fourth wall or anything like that, but I think a big factor into why we finished as early as we did last season was because the three of us were burned out on yeah. watching football on laptops. Yeah, and you know the pixel lot cameras, and you know we came back with again cautious optimism about watching the Clyde Trenard game last week for it to keep zooming in on Stevie Farrell's head uh, which was brilliant um, very funny at, you know for the first second sort of third time and then it got really boring really quickly um, and even just see watching it during the Euros and then kind of coming back into the games coming back it's just so refreshing it doesn't matter the numbers just seeing fans in ground yeah. making noise it just doesn't feel I don't want to say completely soulless, but not as soulless. And it, it, I think it will continue to feel that way until we get back to full capacity, which hopefully isn't very far in no, the future at this stage. Like but um, definitely, I think it's brought a whole other dynamic back to the games. I think it has. And all you need to do is look at, I mean, obviously, f- of course, from our perspective, we're going to look at it. Not that I could watch the game last night um, due to the, <laughs> the non-existent stream um, from the East Co-Bride point of view. But mind you, they have apologised. So that's, you know, that's fine. Um, it happens. Um but obviously, you know, seeing some of the photos from the Clyde Disco Bride game last yep. night, uh, you know, a fantastic Clyde support away, you know, in the the, the back end of the the goals and stuff like that. It's just great to see, obviously, loads of people we know in the photos and stuff, and it's just brilliant. It feels like normality, yeah. it's slightly returned. Um, and like I say, there's nothing wrong with, you know, talking about the, the honest fact that, you know, the three of us, you know, felt as if, um, we were completely burned out. We felt yeah. as if it was probably felt like, even though we had that big gap, it kind of felt like two years of like continuous football and the kind of seasons kind of amalgamated into one. It kind of felt like that. It felt as if yeah. we, we never really got a break. And to be honest, we've not really had a break, obviously, because of the Euros. But, you know, we are feeling obviously refreshed. You know, we're, we're speaking to each other again. We're not sending each other crude messages or anything so obviously that's a just now just we'll, we'll, we'll see how many episodes we get through to be honest um <laughs> but but ultimately you know and also this and I think that you know it's it's brilliant to to be to just see the fans back yeah. and to have that excitement and obviously I know we're going to come on to it um as um the 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 big kickoff for the league on the on the 31st um and Ross I think that there's no better time to get fired into uh, the next uh, section of the show, which is going to be talking about um, the the League Cup, who has stood out for us and who has disappointed us. Yep. Yep. See, again, I, I don't want to go too far into your predictions. Still in Albion, I think, have quietly surprised some people. I don't know that I'm that surprised. You know, they've done good business. They have quietly kind of gone about it as well. Um 
I have to say their social media output is fantastic. Yep. As well, I've got to give them big yep. big credit for that. Um, but you know, you look at the group they're in. Not an easy group. You know, there's Hearts on nine points. They currently sit in five. Um, Inverness on four, and Peterhead and Cove Rangers with three apiece. Um, you know, it's. I know what you're saying. Like a lot of clubs treat them like still pre-season friendlies, but they're competitive games and like that. Still and Albion, like Clyde, have gone through not a complete squad overhaul, but there's a lot of new faces and it takes time to get cohesion. So it depends on your outlook, I guess. But for me, I think there's still a lot of pride to be taken from that because you look at it for every other club that gets through and you know one of the lower league clubs managed to get through there is a potential good tie for you in there mm. as well early in the season with a bit of money behind you that still yeah. gives you a chance potentially to go into the market to get that extra player that might turn your season around or, or give you that kind of push at the end of the season that you need um, so for me still and I've been I think have quietly gone about it you know they've won one drawn one and lost one so far but in that group you know I think Cove Rangers and Peterhead probably almost kind of negate each other mm-hmm. Um Inverness, you'd probably expect to do a little bit more, but again, Billy Dodds is now in as manager. Some strange, strange signings going on there as well. Some strange signings, and obviously I, I watched his interview post-match from the, the Cove game where they, they, they seemed just to be completely blown away by Cove, and that was Cove's first win of the the group yep. um, as well. And you can see how honest he is that he's, he's not been happy with the last few performances, yep. but like we're to- we were talking about in the, you know, the the last part there of the, the show about the kind of the kind of constant nature of football at the moment just because of everything that's been going on that's not going to go away probably yep. until the end of this season where we, hopefully we do get a touch wood we actually do get a, a proper break <laughs> um, so you know he's going to have to squads are going to have to gel really yeah. quickly yep. um, and obviously more games helps with that but also at the same time you want more time in the training pitch and obviously over the last yep. season teams haven't been able to do that so no I, I completely agree I think that um, Stirling Albion in particular have been a have been a standout um, is there anybody that's kind of you've looked at and went what the fuck's going on there yeah um, there's actually a couple um, some people might be surprised with this I think Alloa could have done more um, I think that since we began this podcast <laughs> the three of our feelings as Clyde supporters on Barry Ferguson have been made very clear. Yep. I think that Barry Ferguson had all, has sorry all the makings and all the talk and the good ideas of a good coach. As a manager, as a man completely in charge, I'm not convinced. Yeah. Um. You know, we talked about how for all Alawa, sorry, were relegated last season. They were still playing decent football, so there was a hope that when Barry Ferguson came in on the back of you know a successful season with Kelly Hearts, um it could come in and kind of carry on that trend and playing good football but enough to get them results in League One um, they sit second bottom of their group just now only ahead of breaking on goal difference mm-hmm. um, with one win and two losses after breaking after um, breaking beat them breaking getting a wee bit of revenge on Barry Ferguson after what happened with the, the playoffs as well yeah that's right so for me I, I don't want to say it's, it's really really early to start seeing alarm bells ringing but <sighs> there's a lot to be said and, and on the flip side of that, I could go on and talk about Kevin Thompson and the job he's done taking Barry Ferguson's seat at Kelty, which I will do in a minute. Um, there's a lot to be said about maybe there's just some ex-players who, you know, you see them doing punditry, talk a good game, understand the game well, but that doesn't always translate. No, it, it doesn't. And I mean, just to jump in there as well, I mean, you know, f- from my point of view, the team that have probably impressed me the most has been Kelty Hearts. Yep. 
Um, you know, we spoke about um, watching some of the games on on Premier Sports. I mean, we, I remember watching the Kilty Dundee United game. I thought they were so unlucky, you know, not to win that game. Never mind go down yeah. one 0 Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, for me, and we've heard about a lot of positive things about Kevin Thompson over the last few years from his work at Rangers and other places. Speaks really well, comes across really well. I think he is a real deal. I think he could be, um, you know, I'll go on to talk about them more in the, the league preview section of the show. But yeah, I think he's doing brilliantly. Aloha were another one that I was going to bring up about being disappointing. I mean, it just... I mean, it's very early, right? Very, yeah. very, very early. So we might be doing a mid service, mind you. I don't think we're going to get invited on Go Radio anytime soon, but, <laughs> um, but we can live with it, right? Um, his signings have been a bit bizarre. Yeah. You know, it's had a lot of change, and he's very intense when it comes to his managerial style and the demands that he has, which is fair enough, right? You know, he was a fantastic player, but there has to be a balance. Yeah. It was a problem at Clyde, and, you know, you're hoping it's not going to be a problem at Alwa, but... There is some similarities there, um, so it'll be interesting to see that. However, one team I did want to bring up um, was Dumbarton um, as well. I've been quite disappointed with Dumbarton. Um, I think it might be a long season for them. I know we'll, we'll talk about it. I feel like I'm just in a constant preview for the next bit of <laughs> <laughs> the show that we're doing. Um, stick around for the league bit. Um, but no, I've been quite disappointed with them. I like Stevie Farrow as a, as a manager. I thought he'd done a decent job at Stranraer, you know, there's been a lot of change at that club, a lot of things going on at Dumbarton, which, to be honest, we could spend a whole podcast alone on, um, which I'm sure we'll get into as the, the season goes on. Um, but quite disappointed with them, and also I'm a wee bit worried about East Fife, but I don't want to get into that too soon. Interesting. Yeah, I think we could probably do a whole podcast on how the pre-season and the start of the season has gone for Dumbarton so far with some of the stories we've been hearing and things like that, so... Let's say uh, let, let's keep that. For, let's keep that. For, let's keep for that. Let's on. try and pretend that we're because obviously, you know, look around, right? We're trying not to take ourselves as seriously as we did. We have been. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. You know, because let's 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 pretend we've got some personality and have some fun, right? Anyway, let's talk about uh, the league and make some predictions and some punishments. So obviously, to caveat this, Alistair Sloss is not here. Ali will be back next week, so it'll be the three of us back together again, which will be relatively entertaining. Um, so, we're going to leave his punishment, leave his predictions, and we'll get his, um, either during the week, we'll release them on the social media, or we'll get them next week. Um, but Ross, before we get into things, what we're going to do is, as quickly as we can, obviously, because a lot to talk about, we're going to go through the Championship, League 1, League 2, and uh, the SPFL, go with who we think is going to win the league, who we think is going to go down. Um, and then we'll do our best to touch on the West of Scotland League as well, as much as we possibly can, okay. obviously, because there's a lot. Like I say, over the course of this season, we're going to be um, you know, covering a lot of West of Scotland League stuff as well. So we'll we'll touch on it this week, because we're going to talk about it, obviously, and we'll talk about Pollock and, and all that yeah. towards the end as well. So, But let's kick off. So I guess it's probably a bit, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, we're fucking ripping off everything at this at this rate but um as a as a, a lovely gesture a genuine show of appreciation for the guys from a view from the terrace we've kind of taken or borrowed we've borrowed um the punishment thing so i'm going to start off right okay so i have to decide your punishment so at the end of the season 
if your predictions are all over the place, which they will be, right? Which well, but pff, let's be honest, it's against me and Ali, right? Um, then you have to do this punishment, and you know I don't know why I'm describing how this game works, right? So my punishment for you, Ross, right? My punishment this, for this you. This is actually scaring me because there's a lot of roads you could go down here. We have not spoken about this. We've not agreed punishments. We've not anything, right? Um, is at the end of the season when we know the results and the first night possible because we'll be able to do it by then hopefully we have to go to a open karaoke night in Glasgow City Centre where you will get up and perform the smash hit dance anthem Chicane featuring Tom Jones Stoned in Love and you will drink loads of lager and we are allowed to film a portion of it for our um, one individual that's that's watching this. Is that a punishment? I was, to be fair, I was thinking we could go down to the Star Bar the now and do that the now. Good, that's just Tuesday for me. Let's just fuck it. Let's just go. Um, no, that's it. That's what you're pl- I think that is a pretty decent punishment. Okay, you know how I feel about karaoke, so okay. Yep. I'll, I'll take yeah, that. known you for a long time, so I thought right for the jugular. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to play in my, my hatred of a former Dundee United and Celtic player, so that's... No, no, I won't mention him by name. Good. Okay. okay. My punishment for yours is not quite as out there. What you are going to do is you, again, meeting all the criteria, you will perform a 10-minute YouTube video of you sat in a, a situation similar to this, wearing a Partick Thistle top. And you will go through player by player of Partick Thistle squad for the 2021-2022 season. Praise every player. Talk about their key attributes. How they have contributed to the season at Partick Thistle. Have either positively. If, if they have a good season or a bad season, you'll still talk about them in the most positive light you can. And at the end, I would like you to perform a poem for Ian McCall. <laughs> Do you know, see, when you got halfway through that, and I was like, this is not that bad, right? This is not that bad. The fucking poem... But I've not written a poem. I mean, I've not written a poem in a long time. Good. I don't know why I've been no so assistance. weird about the writing a poem uh-huh. thing. It's, it's weird. You're allowed no assistance with this whatsoever. No assistance whatsoever? No. No ghostwriter or anything? No. Right, okay. Well, that's, that could be interesting. That could be, I think the punishments are all right. Let us know what you think. Right, if, you've got, if you've actually got to this point. Um... Right, Ross, let's try and fire through it as, as quickly right. as we possibly can. Uh, the championship... Um, Who's going to be your winner and who's going to be your loser? The championship for me this season is the hardest because I don't think that there's, for me, a clear outright winner. I'm, I'm going to cop it out a bit and say it's going to come down to Hamilton Ackes, Kilmarnock and Dunfermline. And purely to live up to their status as Scottish football cockroaches, I'm going to say the Ackies are going to win the league. Right, I was I was going to say that, you know, I am desperate to see you perform Chicane and Tom Jones, so you have to pick one. You put your neck in the line for all these. As a Hamilton resident. I said to you before, this is not, this is, this is uh, we're pretending it'll be fun and be friends and have a good time. This is, this is, this is not fun. I, I don't this like the look in your eyes. I don't know how much longer this podcast no, Sorry, you were saying Hamilton are going to win As a Hamilton resident, I... <laughs> Well, probably regrettably hang my hat on the Aki's. I think they will win the league. Right, who's going down? Morton. Okay, that's good. Um, that was a pure cutthroat for Morton. <laughs> um, sorry, 
a Palandia watching probably. Um, Kilmarnock to win the league. I think okay. they'll be too strong over the course of the, the full season. Um, and and Morton to go down. But do you know what? And, and we'll talk about it later on in the podcast over the course of the season. Could be one of the best things to happen to Morton. And we'll, probably. we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, league one, Ross, winner and loser. I take back what I said. I think League One's probably worse because, again, I don't see an outright winner. Normally, I would have hung my hat in Falkirk, but I've learned my lesson over the last two or three years. Um, again, a weird, weird summer, a weird managerial appointment at Falkirk again. Um, I, I guess Falkirk because I don't see another outright, you know, real competitor. Okay. Your loser? My loser will be Dumbarton. Dumbarton. If right. they're still in business by then. True. Going by news reports over the last couple of weeks. Um, my winner is Cove Rangers. Interesting. Cove Rangers okay. with a second season. As you say, you were saying about the kind of Falkirk. I, I don't feel as if the top end of League One is as strong as it's no. been. Um, and I do think that Dumbarton will go down, but I do think that Clyde and East Fife could be in a lot of trouble depending on how things go. But, if you know, this is serious. I have to pick one. I'm going to pick Dumbarton. Okay. Um, we're firing through. This is the most efficient I think we've ever been. Um, League two, um, who's your winner and losers? League two. Again, I think there's going to be a four-way race for the title. I... I'm down to Stenhouse, Muir and Kelty Hearts. And... We talked about Kevin Thompson there and, and some of the recruitment at Kelty Hearts, but we, throughout the course of, since we launched the podcast, talked a lot about Stephen Swift, yep. what we've seen him as a manager. I think they've done some great recruitment at Stenhouse Muir. Mm-hmm. I think they're a club moving the right direction in every kind of sense and on everything it, to do with the club. The pitch as well. We spoke yeah. about that last season as yeah. well a lot, didn't we? Absolutely. So for me, I think all the signs are there for Stenhouse. I think they could have a almost a quiet good season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could... I, I do. I think. I, I think with a good run, they could win the league. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think that's a, a decent shout. Um, what about the bottom end? A league two. I know it's a bit. I know it's a bit more, more difficult there. Um, I guess it always is. Obviously, I, I guess especially. Well, Alice Loss isn't here, but Breakins his default answer. But obviously, they're not there anymore. Um, I. I think Cowdenbeath. Mm. I think that Cowdenbeath was saved by the fact that Breakin were in the league last year. Um, I think feeling that Cowdenbeath could have also been in real trouble. Yeah, Cowdenbeath's such an interesting one. It's so interesting, actually, that Gary Bowen's still there. I've always rated Gary Bowen as a, a decent lower league coach and manager, and I'm surprised he's been at Cowdenbeath for as long as he has. Um, but Why, because not he attack could... someone verbally or physically? Well, I mean, we grew up watching Gary Bowen score raspers for Clyde. I mean, if you were hit by one of those free kicks, you were done. Let's be honest. That, that's done. why you I were, said what I said. You were done. You were done. Um, and he is quite intimidating. I would love to have you on, Gary. Um, yeah, for for me, it's it's the Kevin Thompson loving train rolls on. Um, for me, I think Kilty Hearts will win the league. Yeah. I think they'll probably just have too much over Stirling. Probably. I do fancy Stenet being the playoffs. Um, and at the bottom end, I do think it will be between Cowdenbeath. Um, and Albion Rovers Annan and may and need to have an improvement on what yes, they did last year Peter absolutely. Murphy has to get them playing some good stuff um, you know a, a disappointing recent result in the 
the, the League Cup and similar to Billy Dodd's interview that we were talking about, I watched his post-match as well and you could see he was frustrated yeah. um, as well. Um, but for me, I'm actually I'm going to go Cowdenbeath as well, which I never in a million years thought I would actually see a Gary Bowen side to, to go down. Um, but this is why we might be doing karaoke together at this point. Um, <laughs> we've flown through the SPFL there, Ross. We've got it on camera, recorded. The lights that are giving us an incredible tan at the moment are here to witness it um, as well. We're not going to go through, for the West of Scotland League, we're not going to go through kind of league by league. Um, I think we, you know, to be brutally honest, we need to get really back into the way we were last season in regards yeah. to the West of Scotland League and yeah. really, because we're going to be, and there's going to be a lot of different things that we're doing this season at games, different locations, etc. The West of Scotland League for us this season is going to be a massive thing, like it should have been last year, yeah. as anybody who's listened to the podcast since the start will know. Um, really just a, a couple of, a teams um, I want to touch on just before we actually get to the next part of the show, which we'll delve deeper into that. Obviously, Pollock and Auchinleck yes. being back playing in the Premier Division this season is is fantastic. Um, you know, will it be a straight shootout between them? You would say that, and it's probably a bit of a lazy answer, actually, because you'd say that because they are traditionally the biggest clubs. Um, but I, I could see it. And like I say, I'll, we'll talk about it in the next part about Pollock um, in particular. There could be a few surprise packages in there for me um, as well. I think the likes of Cumbernauld United and, and Kirky Rob Roy might do a little bit better than did last season. Some relatively, especially for Cumbernauld beating Rossville um, in the, the first um, week of the season there. Rossville obviously a bit of a hammer blow losing, uh, you know, friend David of the Gormley. podcast, David Gormley. Um, to to Broomhill, which I think is a, a good move for Broomhill and Gormley, and let's hope that you know Rossfield can can bring in another exciting appointment um, as well. Really good club, um, and we ho- obviously hope the best for them this season as well. And do you know what? I'm really keeping an eye three clubs in particular um, off the back of of what we discussed last season. Nielsen for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for you know, in the in the conferences, Nielsen, you know, I thought they were a standout um last season, despite the interruptions, despite everything that came with the, the first season of the, the West of Scotland League and also uh, the two um clubs just outside Glasgow by the water, and that's Port Glasgow and Greenock. <laughs> um obviously that was probably the, the standout fixture um pre match um for the first weekend of the, the West of Scotland League, which has just passed. Um, I thought both of them were were on a real kind of positive trajectory um, last season as well, and I'm really intrigued to see how see how they got on as well. I've got yeah. a lot of hand movements going on at the moment, a lot of hand movements. You <laughs> can see the passion I have for <laughs> West of Scotland League. Um, like I say, Ross, obviously we're going to get into it a lot more, but is there kind of any sides that, that stick out to you? Yeah, I think we've got a caveat talking about the West of Scotland League by saying I think we were probably quite ambitious last season trying to do two shows and covering the West of Scotland League and I think we probably did ourselves a bit of a disservice. Right. I think if you're looking for a, a show to cover all you know all the games or all the teams in the West of Scotland League, PG and Dak do a, yep. a, a great show, it's friends of the podcast. Great um, guys, great, great yeah. show. Yeah, yep. they're, they're, and obviously they are involved in some they're fantastic clubs <laughs> in and, and, and yeah. coaches yep. in, in, in the league as well, get some great guests as well, so... Um, you know, a wee shout out to, 
to those guys as well who've been great with us as well. Yeah. Um, so definitely. Um, yes, clubs that, cl- clubs that I'm looking forward to. I think last season, it's probably a little bit unfair considering, you know, we, we took Ock and Leck and Pollock out of the, the league last year. To write off Clyde Bank and Troon, they were really going for it at the top of, top of the Premiership. Um, it could be interesting to see how they now do with Ockham, Lake and Pollock back in the mix. Clyde Bank in particular on social media really hammering it, really going for it, which is yep. good to see. Great to um, see them finally now yeah. being you know back in the senior senior levels of of, of Scottish football, um, and having that that pathway yep. back up to where a lot of people think they belong. Yeah, ultimately, um, and the way that club is, and the way it's run, and the excitement, and you know a very exciting management team as well still there, and they've tied themselves to the club. You know, I think the only way is up for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think like you, you kind of highlighted Cumbernauld United and Kirkwood Rob Roy there. Um, I think it goes without saying they both have to have better season than they did last year. Um, Cumbernauld United obviously pretty much a new squad, new management team in. Um, certainly have a friend, Hi Paddy, uh, who will get a real buzz off that. Um, you know, optimistic. I, I think certainly um, a lot of optimism about this Cumbernauld United squad. Do I think they have enough to push right into contending for the title? No, but it would be interesting to see what they can do and give themselves a platform to build on for the coming seasons. I think Rossville, as you talked about there, I worry. I've got to be honest, I really worry for Rossville this season. Um, that was before David Gormley left, just because I think there's a lot of stronger teams around them. Yeah. I think now that David Gormley has gone, I, I just worry that that close to the start of the season, it's a bit of a hammer blow. Yeah, especially with the likes of, you know, they get a really positive result at the weekend there, Rutherglen, you know, Glen Cairn, you know, a yep. side that probably were hit the most um, with the kind of the COVID stuff last yep. year and it felt so stop-start. The same for the likes of Glasgow Pershire as well, but, you know, you feel as if Rutherglen are just going to kind of get a wee bit better um, moving forward. Um, and like you say, you have a bit of a worry for the likes of Rossville, I think. Yeah. I think for me, just one other team that I'd quite like to highlight is because I, I put my hands up when we started doing the West of, League, West of Scotland League show last year was I'm still very much out of the loop when it yeah. comes to it comes to that kind of level of football. So for me, Ashfield, I think I've done some really good business. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what they can put together this season. Um, Dark Cairn as well have started well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we, we kind of hyped them up last season we thought they were going to do some good things with some of the signings they made didn't quite materialise but I believe they got a good result the weekend again yeah, so. yeah exactly and so they need a lot of excitement you know doing something that they didn't do last season which was get off to a good start yes. as well do you know what I mean yes. very stop start quite a disappointing start for Gart Cairns so been interesting to see how they got on and like I say like we've said all over our social media channels like we've said tonight um as well, you know, we're going to be at a lot of West of Scotland League games this season, going around a lot of grounds, hopefully doing some more filming stuff, audio stuff um, at grounds, speaking to people and having a good time, having a few pints, going to pubs and stuff like that. So, yeah, can't wait. Um, and, yeah, I cannot wait to go out and get pissed and listen to you doing the Tom Jones section of Stone the Muff. And on that point... Um, that's the end of the... No, it's not. It's not the end, is it? We've completely left out a section. Everything was going so well. We should probably have a wee chat about how we're feeling to actually get back to games and about Pollock and stuff. 
Nice save. Right, so that's... The panic that's, in your face here. I hope that video gets kept it's, it's for the end of the like, season. I was going to do a week and I turn to camera and go, that's not making the cut. I'll make the cut. Um, I'll make sure it makes the cut. Yeah, exactly. He's the one the leverage here. Um, and the laptop. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just quickly, like I say, I don't want to kind of, you know, focus on it too much, but... Yeah. I just obviously, you know, I was at the, the Pollock game um, on Saturday, managed to get tickets f- for that. Um, obviously, with for the a lot of lower league clubs, the, the 2,000 capacity limit that's now come in um, as of Monday just passed, because we're in level zero now, is a big, big game changer yes. for a lot of clubs. So a lot of clubs that would have to do the ticketing traditionally now don't have to. Away fans getting back to games as well. So obviously that's brilliant. Um and before we kind of talk about what kind of our plans are for the kind of start of the season, the first weekend of the season, um, I thought the Pollock game was absolutely brilliant on, on Saturday. It turned out to be, I thought it was always going to be an interesting game anyway, but, you know, Pollock against Blantyre always is. Um, you know, despite the scoreline as well, which Pollock running out 5-1 winners, um, you know, it was it was, it was 1-0 at half time. Yeah. Did that flurry, 15-20 minute flurry, straight after the the you know and the second half um and despite the scoreline I thought Blantyre played some decent stuff um just couldn't quite their goal as well was probably goal of the game as well typically um but I thought the whole setup the way that it was managed the, even the atmosphere concerned I think there was only kind of between two and 250 yep. fans in there um you know cannot wait for the likes of Pollock be and Lake down it <laughs> down there as well um granted uh, 20 minute walk from our new studio um that one's loving it but yeah um but yeah i thought it was absolutely brilliant and 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 the kind of handful of times that i've been to see pollock over the last few years that's the best i've seen them and they look well drilled but they look as if they've got a cutting edge yeah so, so that's why i think that they will i don't think they will flatter to deceive i do think they will be up there fighting for the for the west of scotland league premier division title as well um but obviously, before we wrap up for good, um, this time, you know, it's probably looking like we'll be heading to Broadwood, obviously, on the 31st for Clyde V. Dumbarton. Um, you know, I know that obviously the Glasgow branch, you know, are, are doing a lot to kind of encourage people to come along to the game and bring their partners and their kids and families and running buses and stuff like that. And hats off to those guys. Um as well and and let's hope that you know let's hope that at Broadwood we could even get you know a thousand over a thousand on on the 31st yeah absolutely for me it's been difficult and I know when we did this last season we had this conversation I was very reluctant at that time due to just everything to do with coronavirus it just it, it wasn't for me I think now as we see we, we got to that stage we were so burnt out watching football on laptops having no one there all of these things, I think now, because I've not been able to go to a game yet, you're seeing pictures now of people being at games, you're, you're getting, you're hearing from other people, you know, it's really safe, you know, but you're still able to kind of see people, you're able to see your friends, I think. Go for a pint and all that, and exactly, not that. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's the whole, we've spent so long, ironically, in lockdown and in isolation, but not, we've been able to talk to each other. We, this is why we're doing this in this format now and not on Zoom, it's because it just, you lose that real f- feeling of interaction is not the way I'm putting it, but sitting face-to-face with someone is completely different to sitting talking to someone. I think we lost, yeah. I think in hindsight, and we've spoke about this, you know, we're happy to talk about it, like, 
you know, we spoke about it in the sense that we, I think we'd done the right thing in keeping it going. Yep. Because it did keep us busy and, it, and things like that, but doing it over Zoom, not seeing each other, it felt more like a chore. It felt exhausting. Yeah. We weren't connected with it at all. Whereas, you know, all jokes aside, the excitement that we had for tonight, you know, yep. put, we're putting a lot of effort into it this season. We want to work with a lot of people, get to games, go to different pubs, just get back to the reason why we started doing this this yep. podcast in the first place. And I think that the, the game on the on all the games that will be happening on the 31st, I think that will be the case for a lot of people, to be honest. Yeah, so I think there, when you're talking about the 31st of July, obviously Clyde playing the Barton at Broadwood, um, you know, it's going to be really good to get back to seeing a lot of people we haven't been able to see like that. We've had conversations over Twitter, you know, just messaging each other, but there's no feeling quite like when you're at a football ground getting to talk to people because like that you talk to people about the game people you might not normally have a conversation with you know day to day um, as well I, th- I know a lot of clubs will have lost supporters over the unfortunately over the last year and a bit um, I feel like Clyde specifically um, have lost a couple of young people people that we knew people that were friendly with um, so it be really good to be able to have that kind of celebration almost as well. Um, I know that Clyde are now working with the Terrace brand who are putting a black ship, uh, try that again, a black ship mm-hmm. on the sleeves of the shirts this season to commemorate that, the, the number of supporters yeah, that have been looks lost. Yeah, it looks so. really good, yeah. Yeah, so I think definitely, I think it'll be emotional for everybody that's a football fan, yep. you know, and that's going to sound a bit cringy or whatever, but it is, it's, it's a so. big thing. It is a big thing. It's such a big thing in people's lives, football, and I think it's actually underestimated how much of an impact it can have for people. It is. It is. I mean, we spoke about it, um, and I, I even remember when I spoke to Gary Robertson and BBC Scotland about it, and the one thing I wanted to make sure in that couple of minutes I was um, I was speaking to him was that kind of the community aspect as well as the mental health aspect, but yep. the, the community aspect there as well. Um, and like you say, being in the pub before the game, after the game, talking about it, I think that when the teams come out in the thirty first, I think it will be emotional for yep. for all of us, um, and in particular, obviously, like you say, we we've known a couple of people that unfortunately aren't aren't with us anymore, um, as well that we've got to know really well through, in particular, going to Clyde games as well, um, so I think it, I think it will just hopefully be a day of of celebration and selfishly a day of three points for us. Yeah, I I almost feel like. And it's not going to be the case, but I feel like it's almost the, the football's going to be like the sideshow. Yeah. Almost. It, it's the yeah. occasion. It's what I've been calling in our Instagram page the hashtag re- the return. The return um, yeah, yeah it, it's the whole occasion. It's the getting back. It's seeing people. It's seeing the football live, your own two eyes, and yeah. magical technicolour and all these things. <laughs> it's, no, do you know what? I think it'll be absolutely brilliant. And, and, you know, it's things like that that get us excited to be back doing things like this yes, as well, which is, which is great. Um, and keep an eye out for the smash hit film The Return coming to Amazon Prime <laughs> starring Ross Gray and Liam Neeson because um, he seems to be doing fucking every film under the sun. Um, Ross, it's been a genuine, genuine pleasure being able to sit down and do this. Um, and we're talking again, and we're pals, and everything, everything like that. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, but no, in all seriousness, it's been great. It's so good to be able to do it in person again. And first and foremost, we hope you guys like this as well. We are going to be trying a lot of different things. We're going to be brutally honest. We're going to try a lot of things that don't work this season. We're going to try some things that do work. Let us know. We did feel that it was getting repetitive. We did feel it was getting we felt as if we kind of lost our personalities tired. along the way we were tired, tired. Almost, yep. um, 
and we want to kind of get to know everybody and, and kind of show people exactly what we're about and this is just one of the ways we're going to do that so let us know all your, your feedback um, as well um, and before I sign off with another swig of incredibly cheap Prosecco is I would like to give a wee shout out um, to our good friend Nicholas Boyle Yes. Um, as well for the glorious tunes that you'll be hearing and you've heard throughout this episode and throughout this season. Um, Nick often does beautiful, beautiful jungle house songs about things like the back bins, about things like towns like Cumbernauld, about Deniston, about anything, anything at all. If you head over to Twitter, obviously you'll see the information about Nick if you want to follow his account and read about how much he was upset by the demise of the failed game Cyberpunk. Um, so yeah, thank you very much, Nick, as ever, obviously one of our good friends. Um, and thank you very much to everybody um, for, for listening to the first episode of Hashtag The Return of Talking More League. <laughs> I'm never going to let you forget that. Um, and yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, and I've missed saying this. We'll speak to you all next week.